Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sextexton, John O'Shea, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome to Jaguars Drive Time. Wednesday morning brought to you by Duval Motor Company. Getting ready for the second preseason game against the Eagles on Thursday. That game is brought to you by Pet Paradise. Second preseason game here in Duval. It's still preseason, but guys, walking around, it seems like everyone is still really excited, even though it is preseason. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are. I'm, I'm not sure I'm that jacked up, <laughs> you know, because we're going to see. Uh, well, I mean, and I, I think a lot of fans are a little disappointed that you won't be seeing the starters. So I get that. There are some great storylines if you're looking deeper in the depth chart that I am excited about. Uh, but I, I can't sit here and you know, try to get people fired up about seeing the backups because there are people who are rightfully upset that you know, you're coming down here and you're, and you're going to a game and you're not going to see the starters. At the same time, there's a separation right now in this league, Brian, that this is the way that teams are going to approach it. Yeah, and that's really the overriding issue here is that we're, we're living through the transition of the exhibition. It used to be called the exhibition season. And then the marketing folks up in the league office said, you know, it's easier to sell these games where starters don't play very much if we call it preseason. Mm -hmm. It's exhibition. Um, I would be a little more interested in it if I were a fan, if I, if I didn't think it was going to be 147 degrees, which right. that, that's, I mean, the, I've heard people say, in fact, people at the gym this morning to me said, well, I mean, you're making it easier for me not to come by not playing the starters. The fact that it's 149 degrees is a bonus. Is, yeah. you know, it's a bonus. Um, it's a little bit of a perception issue, too, bro. I mean, you've covered and called 100 of these, you know, at least over the years. At least. Um, it's not like the starters played a whole lot in week one and two anyway. They may have played eight to, to 14. So there's always been this disconnect of what people are paying as to what they're getting. Now it's just they're not even getting those 10 plays. Well, what's interesting is, is that last year, Doug Marone played the first team offense in the second preseason game, you might recall, well into the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, 32 snaps, I think, is what Blake Bortles got right. in Minnesota. And that was after a joint workout. And remember, Doug said yesterday, and he told our crew last Wednesday, that the quality of the work against the Ravens dictated that his guys didn't need as much. He has radically altered his philosophy. Mm-hmm. He's not the only coach. We're about to go into a collective bargaining uh, negotiation with the players and the owners. And the owners have made no um, qualms about it. They won an 18-game schedule. And for years and years, the players never had to even think about that. They just took it off the table. But they now have some things that they want, money being number one. Right. Mm-hmm. They'd like the commissioner to give up his disciplinary power, number two. So because this preseason thing is just it, – it's not working for teams anymore. It's tough to sell tickets. I don't expect you're going to have a huge crowd here in the heat to watch the backups. When it's been announced, there will be backups everywhere. Um, I think everyone has to take a good, hard look at what this is and how it works best. Yeah, and I don't think you can be upset because that's what the regular season's for. That's what the Chiefs game is for. If I, you want to come think, watch the starters, come in a few weeks. Well, and I think most fans get that. They'll yeah. be here for the starters. They want to see their team. Um, well, but, but the reason people are upset is they're coming out of pocket for it. I mean, and exactly. that's the age-old argument, Well, although, which let's, I get. Let's be honest. I mean, what they've done is they've taken the cost of the ticket and divided it over 10 games. If you want, they can take the cost of the ticket and divide it over eight and put right. free on each of the preseason games. The cost of the ticket's the cost of right. the ticket. Mm-hmm. It's just a way for them to, to spread it out. Mm-hmm. It's an accounting tool. It's always been that way. Sure. The preseason is just 
you want to be honest? That's where the owners make all the money, mm-hmm. right? The the players don't get a cut. They get a, a salary in the preseason. They don't get a cut of the gate for this deal. So it has always been a profit center for the owners. Well, that was designed years ago when the owners needed a profit center. You know, now they've got things like this and NFL Network and Jaguars Drive Time. Well, without a doubt, they've got Daly's Place and they've got they've got all kinds of, of revenue streams that they didn't have before. It's just we've reached that fundamental shift where the phone no longer has to be mounted on the wall. Joe gets it. You don't, right? I don't get it. No. There, well, there was a. You don't get it because in your whole life, this phone. You've been able to carry it around, haven't you? You kids, yes. You've been able to carry it around. I have, yes. I keep. Did you ever the, have? I keep mine on the wall. Did you, did you, <laughs> did you, did you ever have to go downstairs and take the phone off the wall? No. 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 The first thing that people did when they called you, what what, what did they say? What did they say? How are you? Hello. How's your day? Hi, Schlund. What's Hi, the first thing that they, they said Schlund. when we were kids? Where are you? I want to talk to you. Right. <laughs> No. Stop now they say, hey, Schlin, where are you? I'm in the studio, Mom. Leave me alone. Right? Mom. It, it used to be you knew where people called you. And I don't know how we got off on this tangent. My point is, is that there's a, there, this changed lives. We're at a point in, in the preseason's existence in the NFL where it's got to change. And it's going to change. I'm still hung up on John being told, don't call me, when he was just a wee one. <laughs> I, th- I used to that think point. that that's what girls thought my name was. Don't call me. Don't ever call me. Dude, get to big things. If you, if you take anything away from my little rant there, and that, that is is that it's fundamentally now it has to change. The preseason can't stay the same. And don't call John. That and too, phones used to have to be mounted on walls, and they had little things called rotary dials. That's weird. I've never seen that before. All right, big things. Big thing one is, is it is hot. It's been basically record-breaking heat the past three days of training camp. I spoke to Jared Wilson yesterday, and he told me this is the hottest training camp he's been through. And he felt like he was going to pass out yesterday. We did too, and we were doing nothing. So I can only imagine them. We'll get how that effect, that heat affects the Jaguars in a little bit. Big thing two is let's work. So Doug Marone has explained his preseason philosophy and why it's changed. Let's hear his thoughts. I looked at it this way: Is it to get ten reps in the in the first preseason game? Is that better than getting, you know, let's say on average sixty something reps? You know what I'm saying? During the week against our ones, <laughs> you know, ones versus ones. So when I went back, I said, hey, I think this will, this is, is good for our players. And big thing three is how much. Who needs the reps and how many do they need? One guy we know definitely needs to take advantage of those reps he'll be getting on Thursday is Gardner Minshew. What's, what's really unusual about him is he can he can take that information and go out on the field and, and, and really know what you want. And, and that's unique. A lot of times you have to kind of walk through it, you have to see it, you have to do it. You know, but he's a guy that has an opportunity that you can tell him what you want in the classroom and he can go out on the field and pretty much know exactly what you want, which I think is a benefit. Again, a lot of a lot of times it's just being mentally tough and not not caving into, you know, um, the, you know, the stuff on the outside. So that was Dunrone on Gardner Minshew, who will most likely get a lot of playing time on Thursday. Let's go back to big thing one. You never want to use it as an advantage or an excuse, the heat here in Jacksonville. But you got to think, when Kansas City comes to town that first regular season game, it's been brutally hot, this training camp. And that has to be used as an advantage for this team. Yeah, I mean, you do hope it's an advantage. I thought that it played a factor in the New England game last year. 
Uh, I think you guys were on the sidelines. You probably got a better feel for it than I did. But it felt like a factor that day. You can use it as a factor. It can't be the only factor, though. I just, what is it, six straight days now where the heat index is over 110? Uh, it, it started is, off the opposite, right? I mean, this is yeah, one of the cooler very, training camps for was, the first, what, was, five days. It mm-hmm. was very, very cool. And yesterday they broke camp and, you know, they all got to go home. And we had reached that point in training camp where that had to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a skirmish that people have read about with Jalen Ramsey and Chris Conley. Tempers start to flare. It had just gotten to that point where this team needed to to break and, and get me and Ashley got into it on the sideline. It was, it was rough. You guys no one get tweeted into it about it. Breaks but... in here. Uh, There's no surprise to anybody. Heat, Joe and I see it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Um, I want to go to the last big thing, and that is who needs how much time? You wouldn't think that Nick Foles needs a lot of reps, but I think it's a question worth asking. How many does he need in the preseason? There was a column in the Philadelphia newspaper, The Inquirer, yesterday. And apologies to the the author. I didn't catch his name. He was arguing the point about why Carson Wentz should be playing, right? Because each of the last two seasons, his season has ended prematurely. He needs the time so that, when, you know, I thought it was a well-reasoned mm-hmm. argument. And it made me wonder what you think Nick Foles needs in order. Because remember now, we're, we're talking new linemen, new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. quarterback, receivers, tight ends we don't even know who's going to play depending on injuries yeah i i would ideally in in a perfect world if there was no injury risk i would say to get the old system where you had 15 plays and then 25 and you built up and then you played a half um right now as beat up as the offensive line is there's a risk reward factor you know it's uh i don't know that as much as i would like to see him get 20 reps and get that feel I don't know that the benefit of that is worth the risk of, of playing a quarterback who has had a little bit of an injury history behind that offensive line. I, I think in the long run with preseason games, we're, we're back to the whole concept of how much time you need. Two games ought to be enough as long as you get four series in the first half of one of those games, as long as you feel like that. Uh, as with anything in football, coaches never think they're going to have enough in terms of reps, in terms of prep, they would ideally have 40 preseason games if there were no injuries because they're always worried about things. I think you can probably get it done. If he plays a half against Miami, um, that would get close with some rust still probably going into Kansas City, but not a terrible amount. Well, this is going to sound crazy to some people, but with all the revenue streams that are there, because the money is the driving factor, uh, and the injury phobia, Mm-hmm. that exists in a game, by the way, where injuries happen every play. I can see the end of the preseason entirely and see it be nothing more than joint practices. College football, and, and I'm not a big college fan. We know that. Uh, they don't have preseason games. They just start playing. And they do right? just fine. And they yeah. do just fine. Um, with the way coaches now are designed, the way that they're thinking, get the work in, start camp, start it in August, and work in August have joint workouts every other week, however it is that you want to get it done, and you don't even play the darn game. I think we're a long way from that because I think there's going to be still in this It's about league, the money. It's not about the coaches. The coaches would do away with it now. Ooh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of coaches and especially a lot of personnel people are even worried about losing the four because of the evaluation process. Yes, you can do it in joint practices, but it's not the same. Yeah, when it's under the lights and everything. I, mean, I, I think GMs who 
don't have any power in this sort of thing would fight hard to keep it at four. Just yeah. to see wow. their guys, yeah. yeah. So you lose your starting quarterback or you lose your starting left tackle and then all of a sudden play your opinion. But you play well, I mean, why have it? To evaluate the bottom of the roster. Well, they evaluate rosters. You can you don't have to play games to be able to make a good evaluation. It might not mm. be the best evaluation. Right. Yeah. You definitely you see both it. sides of it as a whole, and that's why I think it's gonna be a long time coming before a change like that comes. I think they'll oh. go to two. I think it'll be a long time before they go to none. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to big thing two with Doug Marone's change in preseason philosophy. I think it was important that he went on the record yesterday in the press conference and better explained himself about why he did this change. He kind of announced that he was going to do a change, but he never told us the reason at first. And I think now that we know the reason, it definitely makes more sense to everyone involved. Well, he told us the reason last Wednesday, and we right. talked about it on the broadcast. It just it hadn't gotten public. through to people. Oh, no, it was public because the broadcast is public. Uh, it just wasn't written about and talked about in social media mm-hmm. to death. Um, it makes sense. And that's why I say the value of preseason games is vastly overrated if coaches are going to use the time in the joint workouts and just use the number of snaps in a total week as opposed to 30 snaps in a game. Mm-hmm. And that's what he said last week. Yeah. I look at the reps in a controlled environment mm-hmm. in the scrimmage, not scrimmage, the joint practices against the Ravens, and he saw them as more valuable with less risk than the preseason games. At the same time, he's still playing them in week three, so there's still that... There's going to be a conflict with not wanting to do away with it. What if someone gets hurt in week three? You think maybe his philosophy will change in 2020? Maybe. Because it changed from yeah. 2018 to 2019 pretty dramatically. Yeah. It could change really dramatically. And that's why I'm saying I don't, I don't believe in the long-term viability of preseason games because coaches' philosophies are changing so dramatically, mm-hmm. so radically and quickly. Mm-hmm. You can't help but think if, if Marquise Lee didn't get hurt, Last year, the starters are probably playing in week two. Probably. Yeah. Because of that fear factor. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Although the guys, the first team offense played deep into the second quarter in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. No one got hurt. Yeah. Hey, it's a violent game. Right. You guys get it. hurt. It, Vinny Testaverde and the New York Jets on opening day 1999 were thought to be the favorite in the AFC. By the way, that's the best season the Jaguars have ever had. They were thought to be the best team. And on the third series, he dropped back, mm-hmm. and his Achilles popped. And the Jets went with Rick Meyer and went 6-10, and 10, and they were an afterthought the rest of the season. Yep. That happened on the third series of the first game. Who's to say that your star running back doesn't go out and have a catastrophic injury, mm-hmm. right, in the first quarter of the first game? It happens. It's right. football. That's where the risk or mitigation comes in. pull a in the second series. Right, yeah, right. So, yeah, there's nothing that says, oh, it's the regular season. Now, now, coaches feel better about it because, hey, that's what happens. It's football. Right. Mm-hmm. They look at how do we train better or do we really need all this time? Right. I'm just saying. It's if you're not going to have people in the stands here, and you're not, when you say, hey, no starters are going, don't expect hot. them to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> expect it to be sparse. Yep. Then you start wondering about the overall value in terms of what it costs to put a game on and how much money is made. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time, some Ozone Snapshot on the Jaguars Digital Network. When you hear... 
Think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership, at your home, or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch. An online or phone chat for those quick questions. And a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. It's just crazy my wife and I talk about it now. It's like everything pointed to come to Jacksonville. Saw what y'all did a couple years ago and just the environment and the place. And, you know, we, we watch y'all on film all the time. You wanted to play with a great defense. Hey. I mean, they had a great defense affiliate, I must say. No, you, yeah. You wanted to play with another great defense. I, I just saw everything as a whole. You know, I, I just, I love, you know, going in there and like helping a team just, you know, create an atmosphere that, you know, is successful. And watching y'all on defense, just seeing how y'all roll and seeing the, the leadership uh, when you came here. That's something the Jaguars like to call mini interviews toasted by Calais Campbell in a very small house, which makes him look even bigger than he already is. That was with Nick Foles. You can check out all the mini interviews so far on Jaguars.com. Many, many more to come. It's a funny concept when you see him sitting there in that small house. It'd make me look big, and obviously he is much bigger. He, he's a big human being. Big human being. All right, Zone, you ready? Oh, I've been ready, Shalane. Oh, 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 oh. All right, let's go to Ed from Ponte Vedra, Florida. I'm in total accord with the coach's decision. First, it sends a message to the NFL. Second, maybe a superstar comes out of the secondary. The the players need repetitions argument is not valid. Don't they get enough repetitions at practice? Is Baselli mad because that was not the way it was? Well, we've already covered the repetitions thing to death, I think. So um, I don't know what kind of message it sends the NFL. I think, Brian, like you said, I think it's more of a sign of where the NFL is going than a message to the NFL. The NFL is not going to look at the Jacksonville game and go, oh, we better change that because Doug didn't play the starters. No. Uh, but yeah, Baselli's always mad. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I think we said this the other day. There was a time when we were kids where they played six. six. Yeah. Six preseason games. Because I remember, they, Brian. They have the off-season OTAs and all that. They used the other two weeks of camp and those preseason games to get in shape. And that was, that would never fight it. That was awful. I can remember as a kid. No one paid attention to I it. I was living in Jacksonville. I was a big Redskins fan. This was back before there was anything on Sports Center. So you'd be trying to read and you'd look. There was and, no Sports Center. Well, it, you and couldn't they were watch Sports on the Center is the point. I mean, like, 
Right. There was no social media. I know right. you can't believe a world without that. So shit. you're sitting there and you're reading the Times Union. You're trying to get like, like a little stimulus information. And you look and you realize they're starting to play preseason games. And it's like July 23rd. Right. And you've got, and it was, that's around, my, that's around the time of my birthday. So I was happy. But, um, <laughs> and you realize you've got six weeks until anything starts. And it was, it, it, it was awful. But uh, I don't. I don't think the league's going to hear a message from this. I think the grand theme of this conversation today is that this is where the league's going. It's going to two and maybe to zero down the road because it's just becoming something that they can do another way. Yeah, and and I I want to clarify. I don't think they're going from four to zero. I think they're going from four to two with the thought that it will eventually become zero. If they get 18 games, there's two more revenue streams Mm -hmm. that offset it. They spent a ton of money to go to Baltimore last week, Mm -hmm. right? If they don't have a good house tomorrow night, and if you're saying the starters aren't playing and it's going to be 192 degrees, then you're not going to have a great day. You'll have the diehards there. So it becomes financially less viable, right, to have the preseason games. And I think they're going to head that way. Mm -hmm. Just write it down that I said it in 2019, and we'll see at what point you say, oh, yeah, he was ahead of his time. I'll put it in a sticky on the You remember this, John. I'll put it on a sticky next to the phone on my wall. It doesn't take that much to see. (laughs) If you're just looking down the road beyond tomorrow, it doesn't take too much to see how those things change. I am with this guy, Ed, because Doug Marone told us last week in our production meeting that the valuable reps were on Monday and Tuesday in the Mm -hmm. Ravens game. He said they were as valuable as preseason games without the risk. That, to me, says they're more valuable. Mm -hmm. No brainer. All right, let's stay with Ponte Vedra Beach and go with Craig. My question relates to a phrase that I've heard used not only by you, but many in the NFL. The position is open to competition. How many positions do the Jags currently have where there is no defensive start, definitive starter one month before the season starts? Well, I guess Craig uh, and I will agree to disagree because I don't actually use that phrase that much anymore. I've never heard you say that. Yeah. Because there's not a whole lot of competition in the NFL for starting positions anymore. Right. It's usually filled in, that. in in free agency and in the draft. The depth chart, it's rare to have a bunch of competition. You for coaches to say it, but you're not really competing for the starting job in training camp, usually. There are a couple situations this year. Right guard has become a competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think strong side linebacker was going to be a competition. But it's usually positions like that. Not to downgrade those, but a right guard is a competition. You might have competition uh, at the receiver position to see exactly who will start. Uh, DJ Chark, Chris Conley, and uh, um, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. But that might be competition for who's on the starting in the depth chart, but we all know those are sort of the three guys who are going to be most in the offense. So a competition in training camp, with rare exceptions, is sort of a myth these days. Coaches use that because they can't stand up and say, hey, we've only got two jobs open at the so start good of training luck. camp. They, right. they use it all the time. In fact, Doug has famously said in each of his start of camp meetings, I don't care whether you were drafted. I don't care whether you were a rookie free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't care what position or where you're at. You have a chance to make this team. Well, I think and that's that is how coaches. True. That's how coaches look at it. Right. That's, that's, but, but we don't. I mean, I think there's I competition for the bottom of the roster. Yeah. To make um, the final. And it, but how I, many jobs would you say are how many jobs six at the or bottom? Seven, five. That's not in, much. In that right. But depth chart, no. Bottom of the roster, yes, because there are guys like uh, Tyree Brady and uh, Trey McBride and guys like that who I think are fighting for 
there's probably a spot at most positions open at the bottom for the guy who plays the best on special teams. Mm-hmm. For that one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not many. All right, let's wrap it up with Rob, who has a story. This is a long one. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I didn't even type it all. Oh, good. I drove up to Baltimore for the first preseason game. I knew most of the starters wouldn't play. I knew to keep my expectations limited. I love being able to see my Jags in person and will always make an effort to see them anytime they are within driving distance. Well, and I included this because the preseason is a topic and there are fans mad about it because fans like to get mad about anything and because it's... It's a difficult watch, and you feel like you're paying for it, even if they are technically free. Brian, you know, um, all that stuff. I think the best way to approach a preseason game. Again, I can remember when I was a kid. Um, I went to a couple of preseason games when they were in Tampa, uh, when the Skins were playing in Tampa, and I knew they weren't playing. I knew it didn't matter. But as at, as a kid, the chance to be in the same area as my favorite team was really cool. I think that's how you sort of have to approach preseason games if. If you want to come down, see people you've been around, be around the Jaguars, be around the environment, fine. But just know that that's what it's going to be and not think it's going to be a regular season game. Don't come down here thinking you're going to get like great competition and great drama. That's not what it is. If you can take that approach and enjoy being around it, then it's, it can still be a good time. I think that's what preseason games are. Right yeah, now. you know, in 25 years of doing this, there are a couple of preseason games that I remember, right? The Hall of Fame game, the first one. Um, when Tom played for the tie? In yeah. the '90s, uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I, no, I'd forgotten about that. To be that honest, that was not a happy night. I, I remember, I remember, a 2002, we played uh, at the University of Illinois, right in Champaign. You were gone at that point, but the Bears were oh, renovating God. Soldier Field, and so the preseason games were there, and that was, that was, that was fun. That was different. It was new. Um, but there are, there are so few of those. Mm-hmm. They just, they come and they go. Oh, 2005 or six? No, us. It was 2007. We went to Green Bay. And that's a special mm-hmm. setting, right? I think you could have it without the preseason games. Sure. You know, but they have a special setting up there. Not many. They, they, people don't remember them. They don't remember the context. They don't remember the outcome. They move on. They don't hold as much value as some would like you to believe. Yeah. They used to hold a lot of money, but now even they don't hold that. Yeah, Nick Foles said it himself in his press conference that you don't really ask guys about training camp in a few weeks because it's such a blur such that a blur. they don't remember. We won't talk about it at all yeah. once the regular season begins. Unless something happened in a particular camp, mm-hmm. and that rarely does anymore. But we will talk about it now, at nauseum. If you want to. <laughs> All right, when we come back, some Ashland Ask on the Jaguars Digital Network. When you hear, think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership, at your home, or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. Jaguars fans, football season is heating up, and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas at TIAA Bank Field. Host up to 50 of your closest friends, family, and colleagues for a -a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Take a dip in the luxurious Exalta Spa. Enjoy the game from relaxing lounge furniture and indulge in all-inclusive food and beverage. Go to jaguars.com slash group tickets or call 904-633-2000 and book your cabana today. 
Hi, folks. Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you bleed black and teal, live to lock down the bank, think you're Duval enough to represent the Jaguars in London? We're sending our most loyal and passionate fan across the pond to see the Jaguars take on the Texans at Wembley Stadium. Submit a video telling us why you're the Jaguars' number one fan and how you'll bring that energy to London, and you could be our Jaguars' global ambassador. John is sending in a video. He'll probably win because well, we no, all know what, how talented he is. What you forgot to read is that they get to sit with John on the flight over. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. Why would you not want to enter now? John's nah. a great guy to sit next to on the plane. He takes up a lot of space. He's always typing. We call it the busiest man in the NFL. Uh, yeah. That's, that's you. <laughs> Ready for Ashlyn Ask. Is there anyone you're worried about not making this team at this point? It could even be an employee. John, it could be you. Uh, I'm always worried about that. Um, (laughs) Is there anyone you're worried about not making this team? There was... Yeah, you're hesitant. There's this one guy. Well, when I explain it. It'll all make sense. All right, John, what you got? Um, I can't say I'm worried. I mean, I haven't lost a lot of sleep over the issue, but <laughs> uh, I thought at the beginning of camp that uh, Terrell Pryor w- was having a really good chance to make it um, because of the big body, and I think he still might make it. But he's a name guy that I think will be interesting during that, count- during that cut down to 53, I think we talked about it on Monday, Brian. Um, the fact that if you keep him, you're on the hook for complete salary because of, the, of his years in the league. And just because of the numbers at receiver, not playing special teams, uh, he's a guy just signed in, I think, May. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy I'll watch for that weekend. And I, you know, he's been nicked up, too, the last couple of days and hasn't been a full uh, participant in practice. So that it does bear some watching. So... I. I, I thought A.J. Can might have trouble with it, even though he signed the three-year deal, right? Um, because Will Richardson is likely to win that spot. And when you put A.J. Can next to Will Richardson, Can has started 62 games, including the playoffs. Um, so he's had some success in his career. But size-wise, they are so completely different. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing that it's, it's Will Richardson's job to lose, that he has looked that good. Um, and, and they've moved Can, and they're working him. But Can has $6 million in dead money, $6 million that they would absorb this year, and I think they have about $8.5 million total. He's going nowhere. Uh, but if money wasn't the factor, I would wonder if there weren't some young guys who might not supplant him, young guys with potential and a much lower salary cap figure. There's also a factor there. He can snap. So coaches like to have three centers around that they trust. Uh, Tyler Shatley, Can. Well, there's a guy then. Right. Shatley's a guy who. Uh, will have to defeat Can mm-hmm. because Shatley is only making a million dollars, and and I think there's only a hundred thousand of that that's dead money. When you get to the numbers game of how many you're going to keep active on game day and who they're going to be, and do you want a guard and a tackle, or do you want two guys who can play tackle? You know, you you have to kind of figure this thing out. 
Uh, Shatley could be a guy who could be left out of the mix depending on how it rolls. Mm -hmm. I mean, they both make it because they both play center. But that's, and Doug that's mentioned that the other day. Yeah. Yep. All right, next, Ashlyn asks, your biggest takeaway from our days at training camp as a whole, and John, you can't say it was hot because, yes, it was hot. Your biggest takeaway, player, person, experience from training camp. Um, I won't say we'll miss those three-hour days on the field, but there were some good times. Were there? Yeah. Um. What, John? <laughs> I'm ready. Go for it. Right. I'm going to say the deep ball. And uh, I, I've got a couple emails saying, well, it sounds like the offense is outplaying the defense. And I don't know that that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, we talk a lot about the offense in training camp because it's, it's the easiest thing to see and it's what stands out. There's no hitting, so you don't talk about the defense as much as you do the offense. We also talk about the offense because it looks better than last year. And I think the big area that it looks better is the fact that you are seeing them consistently I think once or twice a practice, you'll see DJ Chark get open or Chris Conley get open or Didi get open that you hadn't seen before, and they make the deep pass look easier and more and more routine than it was in the past. So they're going to do it. They believe they can work the ball deep. Uh, so I think you're going to see that more, and it's been impressive in training camp at times. I don't even I don't even show it to you, but philosophies change, mm -hmm. right? Um, two years ago, we talked about Doug Marone and an old school camp. Remember, they mm -hmm. went to New England, and, and all the Patriots were shocked, and and the media too. What they're doing up downs in the NFL? I mean, this was old school at a time when old school was long gone. Um, D Doug's camp is radically different. He did not play starters in the first preseason game, and is not playing them in the second preseason. Philosophies change. There was one point, I forget whether it was Keelan Cole or Tyree Brady, took a, a, a wicked shot on the sideline from one of the Ravens' defensive backs on a long pass. And everyone that I was standing around, all NFL people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at that. But that was what, that was what practice was, mm -hmm. right? You hit. You practiced hitting. It wasn't a dirty hit. It wasn't a cheap shot. It was just a good, solid hit. And people are like, hey, whoa, 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 stay up, stay up. You can't even hit in practice now, right? right? Philosophies have changed, which is why I'm all in on how the preseason is going to change so dramatically because the coaches are all in on how practice has changed. They may not want it, but they've accepted it mm -hmm. because they would much rather, Doug Marone would much rather you rant and rave about what he does or does not do in the regular season than about what he does in the preseason. Because all he's trying to do is have his horses at the starting line. Yeah. I think the first Philosophy time I noticed changed. it was changing is the first day of practice at camp, he, everyone lines up for gassers. Right. And he cancels them. Hey. Last year, there was no canceling gassers because they, ever. They, you don't want a hamstring, right? Right. I would love to see Tom Coughlin in charge of training camp again, um, if only to see if his philosophy had changed. And I know he wrote a book. I've read the book. Things have changed with him. He understands it. It's not like he's a dinosaur and can't see how the league has changed, but it's so dramatic. I, it's just that to me is my takeaway from camp is we have now entered the point where dramatic change is not long time coming way off in the future. It's don't be surprised if things change next year or the year mm -hmm. after. They've done it with the rules. They've done it with the kickoffs. They've done it. Yep. They can do it again. It can and be done. they've started it now. All right, let's move on to game day. Preseason, game two, presented by Pet Paradise. 
who needs to have a big game on Thursday, whether to make this team, to prove it to the coaches that they can play, to get more reps in the regular season. All in all, who needs to have a good performance on Thursday? Preseason against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, it'll be hot. Yes, it's preseason. But John will be there. What more do you need? Yeah, I'll be there, all right. Um. I mean, <laughs> the obvious choice here is Gardner Minshew, so I didn't go with that. Uh, he needs to play better. I don't know that he needs to play better to make the team. I think he's going to be the backup quarterback. But you'd like to see him play better. I'm going to go with uh, Trey McBride. He's a fourth-year guy. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He looked good in practice yesterday. He was lauded by Doug Marone after the Baltimore game. And I think he's a guy, because he plays special teams, because he's experienced, I think he has a chance to make the roster uh, signed as a tryout guy in May off of a tryout minicamp. So it would be a heck of a story. Uh, but because he's a good special teams player and because he continues to make plays, he might have a chance at that wide receiver spot. And nobody's talked about him yet. No, we haven't. That's, I mean, we talk about Tyree Brady in that mm -hmm. wide receiver battle, but no, he has not been brought up. Yeah. So it's definitely a lofty battle. So we'll see. All right, go ahead, Brian. I'm going with uh, Dewan Smoot. Good one. He had a strong showing with a couple of good pass rushes in Baltimore the other night, but there are numbers there. So he's a big end, obviously, and he's battling Dayton Jones, mm -hmm. who was a first-round pick with Dom Capers in Green Bay and has bounced around the league. But Dayton Jones had a really good week of practice last week. Not as good this week from what I'm hearing, but that's a battle. Smoot's a draft pick and is a guy, and, and general managers and coaches want to keep their own players. Mm -hmm. So they'd love to keep him. If he has another big night tonight, I'm sorry, tomorrow night, uh, I think he's got a shot to make this team. He's had a good camp. He's fended off challenges. Um, but he can't, he can't take a deep breath and say, well, I had a good week. He's got to put him, he's got to stack him up mm -hmm. and have another one this week. Yeah, you're right. It, it's his spot to lose because you want to keep draft picks and because there's something you like about him when you draft him. So it's encouraging. It's really the first time that you've heard the coaches talk about him in this way uh maybe the light's coming on maybe he can be good depth but i think he does need to play well in in these last two preseason opportunities mm -hmm. and maybe a fourth i mean but it, it it's a bad sign if you're playing in the fourth game yeah it's definitely a big night for those two on thursday all right when we come back we'll wrap up the show with some top tweets on jaguars drive time When you hear, think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership, at your home, or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, 
Join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. All right, let's start top tweets with Brandon Graham, a defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has a little story on Nick Foles to start top tweets. He was talking about after season, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was just saying that, you know, pushing through some of the injuries that he had, that it was a little much. And then now it's like, man, look at him now. Mm -hmm. Won the Super Bowl, uh, got him a nice fat contract, you know, and uh, leading leading a great, great organization in Jacksonville. So a former teammate of Nick Foles said that they had a conversation before the start of the 2017 season that Nick Foles was going to retire because of injuries. And now you think what he would have missed if he did retire all the way back then, especially now being in Jacksonville and starting this 2019 season. Yeah, I, uh, he was in a dark place in 2017. He wasn't sure. I think there were a lot of reasons from what I've read and, and heard Nick say that he was considering giving up the game. Uh, and you know, thank goodness for the Jaguars he did. I mean, I don't know how serious the elbow stuff was mm-hmm. that has been mentioned with this. Uh, I'm assuming that that's okay. I certainly hope it's okay. Uh, but beyond that, it's a great story. Um, you're listening to him last week when he came to our production meeting, and he talked about just his overall philosophy of mm-hmm. of how he works with his teammates, how his his goal is to make you better and you better. Um, well, he's not going to make me better, bro. Well, I mean, I mean come no. on. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I walked right into that one. Okay. That ship is sailed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't hear football players, you hear select football players talking that way. You, you mostly hear, well, i got to do my thing, mm-hmm. and I have to focus on what I have to do. You don't hear that. Um, I thought it was special. And I think the Jaguars would be missing that because if he is going to do what he wants to do, he's going to have to show his teammates how to do it. Mm -hmm. He did it in Philadelphia twice. He's got the body of work to be able to do it. He's got the equity of the ring, Mm -hmm. and it's big in this league. And and the players, I don't want to use the word reverent, but they are almost reverent towards him and the way that he's done things. He told the story about how Chris Conley had to convince his teammates that it's okay to touch his towel. Conley came over in a huddle, one of the first OTAs, and used his hand or used Foles towel to wipe his hands and, mm. and there was like a look of like shock on the part of the other receivers like you touch the quarterback's dude, towel. Don't touch his towel. He's like, dude, he's just you know, you can you can do it. Right. He he's just got this sort of aura about him and I think football would be less without a guy like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for the game to have a person like that who's had such tremendous success still in the game. Mm-hmm. And Brian, you and I both read his book, and he goes into great detail about that 2017 season, yeah. what he was going through mentally and physically. It's definitely worth reading because you definitely understand the journey better and a better appreciation for it. Yeah, he's a special guy. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And the Jaguars are better off having him. 
Yep. And Top Tweets is basically dedicated to Nick Foles because we have another one from a columnist from Philly.com who was at training camp practice yesterday and tweeted out this. Nick Foles, Nick Foles ran 10 50-yard sprints after a three-hour practice in full pads alone after every other player went into the locker room. The heat index is 102 degrees. Now, this is normal news to us, guys, because we see this every day. We mm-hmm. see Nick Foles running alone. But to someone who's visiting the Jaguars who hasn't been used to this, I understand why it's definitely something worth tweeting and something you're not used to seeing. Yeah, he's dedicated. Uh, the special ones have their thing that they do that they believe separates them. And this is always something Nick believes he needs and he's dedicated to it. And uh, to do it yesterday... Uh, I wasn't going to do it. No, <laughs> I mean, don't call yeah, me. So. Here's the other thing. Remember that in Philadelphia, he was the backup. And all the attention is always on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So if the reporters from Philly who are here watching Nick are paying attention and seeing things for the first time, well, it's because in the last two training camps, he wasn't the man. Right. And it's of note that now that he has his own team, his approach to us, he, it's consistent because he tells us that. But the people from Philly are evaluating it. And I, I think at some point in time this season, People are going to go, man, it's too bad Nick Foles isn't here mm-hmm. in Philly. No, it's true. You think he is the man here, so we're so used to watching every single move he makes. But to them, yep. they're not used to that. Well, he was the backup and the guy who almost left the game behind and, and had been there once and had a bad season in 15 and was a backup in 16. Yeah, There's a, a long history there. But here, he starts as the Super Bowl MVP. Completely different for him here than there. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's wrap up top tweets with Gardner Minshew's Instagram post. We all saw the hit on the goal line and we all saw this photo. It doesn't look good. Gardner Minshew does not look happy right there and I thought to myself, man, I would not want to post that picture of myself. It's not flattering. What does he do? He posts it and says with a caption, it's a night I'll never forget. I loved it. Poking fun at himself. He gets it. I, yeah, he I thought it. I would never post that and Tonight, I'll never forget. Uh, with the uh, the Fu Manchu, he looks like a quarterback who played in the 70s. Pick one, right? I mean, mm-hmm. anyone. Uh, they had their helmets knocked off routinely, and no flags were called. That's kind of an old-school photo, and I get the sense that he kind of appreciates that, kind of has that old-school swagger about him, that 70s style, um, not unlike our own uh, producer, Joe Fortunato. I thought a flag should have been called in that play, though. I was a little surprised it didn't. It yeah. made us all go, Yeah, you hit Whoa. the quarterback in the chin. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, so that he posted it sure. uh, and that he can kind of enjoy it himself. Fun himself Good for him. Yeah. Well, look, folks, if you don't know this already, you better laugh at yourself because everyone else is. Yeah, especially after that game. You bet. We feel for him. And hopefully his chin strap got tightened this I'm, week. I'm, I'm sure the message was sent. <laughs> I hope to the equipment, guys. All right, we'll be back on Jaguars Drive Time tomorrow morning, giving you a preview of that Jaguars versus Eagles preseason game. We will see you tomorrow.